This is Inspiring Design, where unique innovators come together to share their knowledge, share their insight, and keep us up to date with the latest industry trends. And here's your host, Rashan Senanayak. What's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Inspiring Design with Roshan Sananayake. This is where the best of the best brands, experts, change makers, and thought leaders come together to share their valuable insights, experiences, and knowledge. Our goal here is to be the missing link between education, design, and the industry. So, esports a look at a fun, explosive, and a billion dollar industry. Today, I have here with me one of the leading esports experts and the founder of the Fuse Cup, Dan Martinez. Dan is an Apple distinguished educator, Microsoft innovative educator, and an experienced leader of innovation and learning in large scale independent schools. Dan's passion now lies in esports as a mechanism in developing positive gaming habits and the digital well being of younger gamers. This mission is now being achieved through his latest venture, the Fuse Cup, an international school esports competition throughout the Asia Pacific region. So, without further ado, let's get straight into it. Dan, welcome to Inspiring Design. Thanks for having me, Rashan. I've been looking forward to this chat. Absolutely, absolutely. So can we start off with a little bit of background on yourself? What's your story? Yeah, man, I'm, um, I'm a teacher by trade. I've been an educator for about 20 years um, and kind of led digital innovation in schools for probably the last 10 or so. Um, but I chose this year to take the plunge and start something new. In retrospect, probably wasn't the best year to do it. <laughs> um, but, you know, you, you learn a lot through challenge, don't you? So yeah. I've always been involved in that kind of tech space. Um, but personally, I've also always been a bit of a gamer um, and not like a super competitive or, you know, high level gamer, but more of a social gamer. Um, and through gaming, you know, it's a great way for me to stay connected to friends, um, you know, to chat, meet new people. Um, but as I've gotten older, it's become more of a kind of a bit of a tool, you know, for social engagement and also, you know, for mental well-being. really. Like I've got some really good mates that we all kind of, connect with and share things and it's just a way for especially for men's health you know we don't open up very much mm. um and especially during covid you know I've, I've noticed that a lot of my friends have really kind of opened up a lot more around you know things that are um kind of you know getting to them and, and i thought mm, this is and it, pre-covid as well and i thought this is a really good opportunity to look at gaming in schools and use it as a way to teach students about you know positive gaming habits and you know their own mental and digital well-being really that's perfect, man. And, and you're, I think you're like the right man for the job, considering we're here to talk about esports. Now, this is something that's um, I've had mixed mixed reactions when it comes to esports from parents and and my friends and their different professionals. Just because it's becoming a subject, it's becoming this new cool thing mm. in education. So, at a high level, the biggest question that I get asked is, "What is esports?" Right. So. I want to clarify exactly what that is, but instead of coming in from myself, I'd, lo- I'd love for you to explain what exactly is esports, um, especially with relation to education. 
Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, it's something we get asked a lot. So basically esports is competitive. Uh, it's a competitive gaming industry. So things like tournaments, competitions, and leagues, um, it can be done on PC or consoles. It can be done offline, like face-to-face -face or online. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of different games that can be used in these competitions. One big thing that people don't understand is that it is absolutely huge. I mean, the global viewership exceeds the NBA and the NHL, and wow. it's closing in on the NFL in the US. Um, other stats that are really interesting are things like it's got the la larger active viewership than subscriptions of Netflix, HBO, and Spotify combined. That's scary. <laughs> um, and prize money is astronomical. I mean, for the larger competitions, people can win more money than they would if they won the PGA Masters or Wimbledon. Jesus. Yeah, it's massive. Um, and then not only for kind of the competitive side, but things like gaming streamers, like the biggest ones in the world, they have massive endorsement deals and exclusive streaming deals with things like Twitch or YouTube gaming, and they're in the millions of dollars. So it is a massive industry. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually something I want to get into about this live streaming thing, because one of the... Uh, facts that I've heard is that it's actually becoming a bigger, it has a bigger audience than even the Olympics as a sports. And there's been, I've seen articles flying around where esports may actually end up in the Olympics one day and people speculating. So yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, the thing about, we get asked it a lot, is it a sport? And I guess the thing that I always refer to as well, you know, it's played in teams. It requires a lot of skill and strategy and timing and training and teamwork uh, and communication. And I guess they're all the things that we find in normal traditional sports. And mm -hmm. the other, the other backside of that as well, if chess can be accepted as a sport, surely esports can be as well. True. True. I guess um, a lot of people would argue that because the lack of physical component within a, a sport, it might mm. not be considered as a sport, but chess, there you go, that's um, right on the money. So if you're breaking it down into what are the basic principles, especially as a subject, what are the basic principles of esports in schools? Well, it's a really interesting one because um, some schools are taking it on as a sport and looking at the mental kind of strategy around it. And others are actually turning it into a subject where they're using an interdisciplinary approach and combining aspects of business, legal, um, event management, and kind of doing it that way. Um, but it's, it, it really depends on how schools look at it. I mean, if you want to look at why it's important and, and what students can get out of it, if we just talk about industry for the moment. Mm -hmm. So this industry is not just about gamers or streamers. Um, there are content creators, there are marketing and advertising positions, copyright specialists, because obviously people are producing content, so they need to make sure it's in line with copyright. Brand managers, I mean, there are people whose job it is is to bring endemic and non-endemic brands into uh, esports. People like um, Josh, Josh Harvey at the Chiefs. So the Chiefs are Australia's, or one of Australia's um, professional teams. In the past 12 months, they've brought on board companies like Marvel, L'Oreal, uh, Menu Log, um, U Foods. So these are some brands that you wouldn't necessarily expect that want to be involved in gaming. That the average business is not endemic to to gaming, mm. but they see it as an opportunity as this massive industry that they want to be part of. And then if you look at live events, think about how many different people are involved in the coordination and production of live events. Mm. Um, you know, then you've got your lighting and live 
crew, your broadcasters. It's, it's an absolutely um, massive kind of opportunity for people, not just in gaming to be part of, of this uh, growing industry. So then we look at, well, why should schools be part of it? Well, if we're preparing students for changing workforces and, and opportunities that exist, this is one of those massive ones that's just growing more and more. Absolutely. And it sounds like one of those, it's that, it's that, that thing mentality of, you know, the job losses that we've had in the last probably two decades mm. are now evolving into these things. But as you said, you know, that kind of background has so many different jobs actually within career paths that are within that. So that's pretty cool. Same within like sports management. Yeah. It's not just about the professional athlete. Think about the team of people around that athlete that make that person be able to do their job. Absolutely. And I think that's a very cool way of looking at things because it, it helps, I think, this new age topic be put into the perspective of what we already know. So you've kind of already touched on this. Um, why is it actually important to 21st century education? It's mm. actually literally preparing preparing our students to that next evolution in in different career paths now. So if we were to break this down into what are the skills required for succeeding in this? Because obviously from a sports point of view, you've got to be an athlete. You've got to actually have a certain level of genetics, um, good physical nutrition, hydration, training, all of those things come into play if you're a physical athlete. So mm -hmm. in esports, what are the skills required for that? Well, you might be surprised that those professional athletes also have in esports also have nutritionalists, sleep coaches, weight training experts. It's part of a, a you know, a regime. The gaming is one side of it. Um, yeah. So, you know, I was really surprised to find when, when talking to some of these professional esports people that that's part of it as well. Um, but, you know, things like, from a competitive point of view, you know, the idea of having a technical mindset and, and being able to master something and, and work out team strategies or individual strategies or, you know, communication or that, that reflection and interpersonal thinking is not just important for professional gamers, but it's important for everyone. Mm. Um, and then if you look at, you know, well, if people want to be involved in a social kind of capacity, it's really about the development of a mindset, you know, the trial and error and that, that error is okay. You get instant feedback in a game. Yeah. Um, it's also a really good mechanism for resilience. Um, you know, in games, people lose all the time. True. Um, and there's no just medal for participation. Like people have to learn that you're going to play a game or you're going to play a sport, you're going to win or you're going to lose and how you deal with that really develops and builds character. Yeah. Um, it's also a really good, highly inclusive um, activity. So it's, you know, you, you touched about that physical aspect of it. Well, you know, esports, it, it, it's not really that physical. So anyone can do it. Mm. And anyone who puts the time and effort and develops a skill can be very competitive and, and very successful. And it's open for, you know, the opportunities are endless for everybody, regardless of ability or background. Um, it's a really good kind of level, um, level playing field. Absolutely. And I'm uh, just thinking while you're speaking there that it, that whole notion of if you have a, even a physical disability or um, it, it is absolutely all inclusive, it could do, it could be an amazing activity to bond between teachers and, and students as well as high yeah. schools and university students. I feel like it's almost endless and we're still trying to find the limitations and the potential of it. Yeah. And you know, you, you touched on something that I was thinking about talking about, you know, the feedback that we're getting, 
from schools involved in the Fuse Cup, which is our organization, which uh, focuses on, you know, um, competitive esports in schools. The feedback we're getting is this is helping teachers and students and students and students build stronger relationships mm. because they're, you know, they're inclusive, they're really supporting each other and they're working as a team to represent their school. Yeah. Often the teachers involved are into games. Um, so they've got that new kind of connection with the, with the students. So they have something in common and often, you know, likewise, sometimes teachers have no idea about the games. So it's a really great leadership opportunity for those students to step up and kind of help the teacher learn through it. So the roles are reversed, which is what, you know, great teaching and learning is. It's a, it's a partnership of knowledge between teachers and students, not just a one-way street. Yeah. Well said, mate. Well said. And so I think the biggest challenge that I see when we work with teachers is this, uh, I think the willingness and I think the knowledge behind new age technology, you know, there's a level of fear behind it as well, because there's so much to learn. It's mm. completely different breath. There's literally no manual that says here, step one, do this, step two, do this. So it can be quite overwhelming and scary for teachers. So if from a teacher's point of view, if they want to learn and upskill themselves to get this going, have esports and maybe able to facilitate that, what do they need to do pretty much right now? Get in contact with me. Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, you know, my background is education and my background is working with teachers who may be reluctant with the you know, implementation of digital technology or even pushing those who are already doing it. Um, so I'm really good at kind of holding teachers' hands through that process and identifying things that we can do to assist. Um, but the great thing is the, de- the program we've developed is literally plug and play. It's mm. plug into a TV, yeah. off you go. Um, so it's low cost, you know, low experience and really high kind of benefit. And it's something that the kids do all the time. So in every school, you're going to have leaders in this area. And, you know, as we said, Great teaching isn't about knowing everything. Great teaching is about empowering those who do know to lead and to, to help. So you'll have leaders in your school within the student community that can assist. And that's where we come in as a fuse cup and pretty much hold your hand all the way through it. Perfect. Perfect. And there you go, guys. Like make sure you jump onto the show notes. Um, Daniel's link is actually in there. So make sure you get in contact with him if you ever want any advice from that. So Um, We touched on one of the things that I've been wanting to talk about is this notion of live streaming and that whole arena and Mm. Twitch is one of the main platforms. Are there other ones? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's Twitch, um, which is probably the largest one. There's YouTube gaming. Um, Microsoft had one called Mixer that I think is still going that might be on the, on the back burner. And they're pretty much your three basics um, or your three biggest ones. There's a couple of other ones that are kind of popping up in the industry. There's a new Australian one, um, but it's slowly gaining traction. But generally, Twitch, YouTube gaming are the other two biggest ones for sure. Yeah. And for the people who don't know what Twitch is, can you explain what, us, what that might be? Yeah. So um, you, when you go to Twitch, you might think it's a bit weird because uh, you're <laughs> normally used to just looking at things on YouTube. Um, so Twitch is pretty much a streaming service where people either play games and play competitively and kind of talk you through what they're doing. Um, but it's not just for games. Um, in fact, its largest, um, category is not gaming. It's just chatting. So people might be on there talking about things or showing different things and it's pretty much just live broadcast. Right. I see. So you'll find, you know, somebody 
their their face and they'll kind of green screen the little floating head on their screen and they might be playing a game or they might be you know talking about something um and it's got a it's a live community so there's a community of people who subscribe or, or they chat um but generally people you know you can follow people and they'll tell you when they're streaming and what they're playing or, or what they're going to be doing um and you get notifications of when they're on people can donate money if they like or if they don't want to it's not really about that it's more just about a community of people um participating in things they're interested in which is generally gaming on twitch yeah and i actually heard the one of the co-founders original co-founders of twitch speak at um, a myriad conference the tech conference that happened a few years ago back in brisbane and um, one of the things that he mentioned was their top i think subscriber not the not the top subscriber the main um, subscriber who has the most following had mm. upwards of 120,000 people waiting to watch him play. Now, yeah. there's not a single stadium in the world that can house that many people. So that's kind of scary and cool at the same time. Yeah. And then there's other statistics like, you know, how many concurrent players are playing at the same time on the same game. You know, oh, they're, they're yep. being, you know, and you'd be surprised it's in the millions. Now you wow. think about, you know, any other activity where millions of people are doing it at the same time, mm. other than watching things like maybe watching the Super Bowl. There's nothing, I don't think there's anything else where people are actually doing something at the same time actively rather than passively. Yeah. Um, and I think that's important. The only thing that I could think of was social media and that's most of the time mindless scrolling. So <laughs> That's, yeah. that's good, good definition between passive and, um, and not necessarily something where you're engaged mentally and connected. Yeah. So love that. So if you had advice for students and grads, let's say they're a little bit out of high school now, but they've been into gaming or they might have never been into, but interested in learning about it. What should they do? What's your advice for them? Yeah, look, that's really good. Um, Really good question. There's a few different things that they can do. Um, the first thing is to jump on Twitch and to try and find people that they're interested in and just mm -hmm. be part, just like get involved in conversations. Um, another really good point is there's an organization um, that we're kind of talking to called GGWP, which mm -hmm. is Good Game Well Played. Um, and they've got amazing content around if you want to become an influencer or a streamer, They've got this great content. It's all video content. It's really highly produced. Um, and it's from people within the industry showing you the tips and tricks of how to get involved. So look them up because their stuff is fantastic. Um, and they are streamers themselves. So they really go through, well, this is, you know, how you set up your socials. This is the hardware minimum requirements you should look at. This is about lighting, um, microphone use, you know, all that kind of stuff that makes a difference in streaming. Mm -hmm. But generally just get involved. Like, and be yourself. Don't try and be some kind of character you're not because people see through that. Just be you play a game that you'd like, you know, having a skill is you know, being a skilled player is important. People don't want to watch someone who's not that good. Yeah. Um, unless you're funny and you know, you'll get your personality. Own. Yeah, exactly. You'll find your own audience. Um, and just, you know, just be active, be it's social. So talk to the people in your chat try and build community and just get involved and know that the very start, you, you know, you may not be great. Your streams may not be fantastic, but that's okay. Like you're starting mm. and you'll get there. Eventually you'll, you'll, you'll build, you know, your own audience and you'll do well. 
Great. Awesome. Well, there you go. And one of the last questions I've, I've been uh, asked on by, to me quite often is, uh, do esports actually have different types of genres? So like athletics and, you know, field sports in, in a normal context, are there genres in esports? Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's massive kind of genres. There's sport games, obviously. Um, there are first person shooters. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, we Call don't really, yeah, yeah. We don't use that in our organization cause we're a school organization. Yeah. So ultimately students are representing their school and True. you know, there's an ethical issue there around. Yeah. <laughs> stuff. Um, but then you have strategy games and you have MOBAs, which is massive online, um, games like league of legends and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so yeah, there's a whole bunch of different genres, um, and games that people can get involved in. Awesome. Awesome. Well, there you go, guys, mate. It's been really informative because and it's a really cool topic that I feel like we should monitor very closely over the next 5, 10, 20 years. I feel like it's going to be one of the biggest things in the world. So thanks so much for giving up your time. No problem. Uh, Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Love your work, Dan. I'm really looking forward to seeing exactly how Fuse Cup alongside eSports becomes a major part of 21st century education. So that's it for today, everyone. Now it's time to jump on to rashansenanayaka.com forward slash podcast and check out the show notes from today's episode. Make sure and click on the direct links to check out the amazing and fun work that Dan and his colleagues are doing at the Fuse Cup and deep dive into this world. Last but not least, click subscribe and share your love with the review. I'd love for you to hear your thoughts and feedback on today's topic. So till next time.